Good morning. I'm so glad you could be with me today as we get into God's Word together in the Unfolding the Word ministry. We're in the midst of an extended study of 1 John. Yesterday we began our study of the fourth chapter. I'm going to do some reading this morning, looking at the verse we began with and moving forward. Chapter 4 of 1 John, beginning in verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now is in the world already. The fourth chapter begins with a note of warning, in a sense, for the believer. And it says, listen, don't believe everything you hear. Let's phrase it differently. The warning in verse 1, not everybody who claims to be speaking for God, who claims to be representing God in their teaching, actually is. The truth of the matter is, there are many false teachers. In the Old Testament, there were vastly more false prophets than true prophets. In the context of the New Testament era, of which we now live, I believe the similar thing holds true. There are vastly more false teachers than true teachers of God's Word. Yesterday, in examining that, I challenged you to consider Acts chapter 17, and that God calls for us to be like the Bereans. In verse 11 of the 17th chapter of Acts, it says, They examined the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. In other words, they were hearing the message from Paul, a new a gospel message, and they were using the scriptures to assess it. That is our only answer, by the way, in dealing with false teachers, false prophets, is examine the scriptures and see how their message lines up with the word. That's the key answer. Well, God's very concerned about the insidious influences of false teachers. And in the verses that follow verse 1, he ends up giving us three core questions to ask, each of which becomes a diagnostic tool. The first of them, what do they say about the Incarnation? That we're going to look at more this morning. Second question, how does the world view their teaching? The third question, what is their view of the Scriptures, their true view of the Scriptures? Well, let's look at the first of those questions, because that question is the essence of of what is covered in verses 2 and 3. By this you know the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the Spirit of the Antichrist, whom you heard was coming, and now it is in the world today. Question number one, what do they say about the Incarnation? In other words, the Incarnation is all about how the very Son of God took on human form, was born, the Word became flesh, and dwelt among us. Consider how it is put in the 
Gospel of John in verse in chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, and then in verse 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. In fact, the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And then in verse 14 of chapter 1 of John, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The incarnation is the doctrine of God becoming man. That Jesus Christ, God, the second person of the Trinity, was made flesh to dwell among us. Now, if you've been with me in our study of 1 John, the very beginning of 1 John, chapter 1, emphasized the centrality of the incarnation. So once again, we're revisiting it. And God is telling us that the incarnation is going to be a focus of attack from those who are not truly his representatives, but false teachers, false prophets, false spirits. What does a person say? What do they believe about Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh to dwell among us? Now, part of the key, being a Berean, as I said earlier, looking at the scriptures to see what they say and assess it, part of the key is to understand that we need to go beyond whether a person uses a word or not to discover what they really mean by the word when they use it. You know, a person can use a Bible word, a Bible term, and not mean what the Bible means by that term. Classic example of this, cult groups, those that are truly not Christian groups at all and fall outside the framework of conservative Orthodox Christianity, cult groups frequently use like the name Jesus, but they don't mean by Jesus what the Bible means by Jesus. They've redefined who Jesus is. And if all you were doing was listening to see whether you heard the word Jesus and the things they talked about, you would never understand how false they really were. Instead, you have to say, well, what do you mean by Jesus? Who do you say that he is? Well, in the same way, how a teacher defines incarnation, what do they mean by the fact that Jesus came into the world? That's what we have to get to. Not only what do they say about whether he came into the world or not, what do they mean by him coming into the world? Teachers who are led by the Holy Spirit, and therefore by definition true teachers, true spirits, true prophets, not false spirits, teachers led by the Holy Spirit always confess the incarnation. Notice how it puts it. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. The word confess, by the way, in this case, is the very same word in the Greek that we encountered back in chapter 1, verse 9, where it says, if we will confess our sins, he he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if you were with me then, I told you that that Greek word, homologeo, simply means to admit, to acknowledge. In this case, They're saying a teacher has to admit, has to acknowledge that Jesus Christ came into the world, was the word made flesh. False teachers will ignore that truth or downplay that truth or, in a very forthright way, deny that truth. But 
One of the other things about false teachers, because they know that this is the diagnostic tool that God is giving us here, they will go out of their way to cover up what they really believe about it. They'll try not to address it in a way that gets to the heart of what they really believe. Three main denials of the incarnation are existing in the churches today, in the broad framework of Christianity. Some deny the incarnation by denying the full deity of the Lord Jesus Christ, implying that he was not really the very Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, but somehow lesser than that. Some deny the incarnation by denying the full humanity of Jesus Christ. Instead of looking at it as the God-man, fully God, fully man, they deny the aspects of the humanity of the Lord Jesus Christ. And some will show that they reject the doctrine of the incarnation, the biblical doctrine of the incarnation, by attacking and denying the idea of the virgin birth. Because essentially, a virgin birth was necessary so that the word could be made flesh and dwelt among us. Uh, and of course, that's the core emphasis within Luke chapter 1 and chapter 2. The point being, there are many ways in which the incarnation can be attacked, denied, or diminished. And God is telling us here, if someone is denying the incarnation, the word made flesh to dwell among us, they are not from God. It doesn't matter that they may seem sincere. It doesn't matter that they may be nice guys. It doesn't matter that they may appear to be very spiritual. Here's the point. Even if their intentions were good, and I question whether they are, but even if that was true, their teaching is deadly. And you say, well, what do I mean? How do I know it's deadly? Well, God says the source of their teaching about the incarnation is rooted in a deadly one. Who? The spirit of the Antichrist. The one who is in opposition to God, opposition to Christ. If someone shows that they have the spirit of the Antichrist in them, that their teaching is coming from the same attitude and focus as the Antichrist, why would you want to listen to them? Even if their intentions seem good, their teaching is deadly. So there it is. Question number one. How do I know if somebody's a false teacher? What do they say about the incarnation, the word made flesh and dwelt among us? Well, join me tomorrow. We'll look at the second of the diagnostic questions. How does the world view their teaching? Join me then. God bless.